0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for, what is it, already February, the... 3rd in the year of our lord 2022 this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life liberty and property and to promote god family and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers yes indeed we use the blueprint for liberty the supreme law of the land the constitution for the united states of america that is our guide and absolutely we're convinced the general government is out of control and guilty of overreach and belligerence and criminal activity and a whole lot more we got to use the sovereign states To create the balance of power necessary to restrict government bureaucrats from their abuses. That's why we have horizontal and vertical checks and balances. That's why we have the rule of law. That's why we have they derive their just power from the consent of the governed. That's why we look to God Almighty for our solutions. And, of course, we believe those checks and balances are absolutely brilliant. That's why we, re- we reject revolution, and we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. Archives at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. And the recap of yesterday's broadcast starts now. We had two incredible award-winning guests. The first one was a gentleman by the name of Weston Martinez. He's a Republican candidate in the election for Texas Land commissioner Weston for texas.com is his website Weston for texas.com uh, anyway his plan save the Alamo build the wall protect elections manage investments to provide benefits for Texas veterans and secure the future of children education now I don't really believe that it's the government's responsibility to procure education for children. Okay. However, I will say this, ladies and gentlemen, I believe in it a whole lot more than the federal government doing it, right? I mean, at least the states have some latitude constitutionally to do it. The federal government have no authority whatsoever. If you don't believe me, go look at the Supreme law that I am. Where in there does it say government shall mandate or educate or fund education? It doesn't. So let's jettison the education department, leave it to the states and the people respectively, and let's start there, shall we? All right, we talked with Weston about what is a land commissioner. And uh, we talked about how it's just its a lot of things that you wouldn't possibly even imagine. The proper land commissioner can allocate land appropriately, uh, can reject the planning and zoning abuses that are going on, can let you build your home with a lot less red tape and let you deal with your property in the way that you think best. They can literally take on the federal government, the Secretary of Interior, and stand up for your liberties, including lower taxes, lowering taxes and a whole lot more. Anyway, great interview with Weston Martinez. There you have it. All right. Now, westonfortexas.com was his website. We also talked about the national debt. Breaks records. Over $30 trillion now, ladies and gentlemen. And getting worse by the second. We also realized that the United States has more than... trillion in unfunded liabilities. We're talking about programs like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, to say the least. This is absolutely unsustainable. We also talked about the fact that Sid Miller, current Texas agricultural commissioner, endorsed Weston for land commissioner. So that's good news. Uh, We ended the broadcast with Weston by saying we're looking for eight when they pull that gate. We hope that judge ain't blind. <laughs> Please elect Westonfortexas.com. It's a little joke. Uh, it's a country song talking about, hey, bull riders. You know what? When you get in the up there on the bull ready to go and then they open that gate and you can hope to stay on that bull for eight seconds. Well, Weston mentioned that he was a bull rider, so I made that country song joke a little bit for his elections. How do you like that? All right. Second hour, we had an incredible guest, Bart Sibyl. He wrote a book called Moon Man. It's a true story of a filmmaker on the CIA hit list. Sabrell.com is his website, S-I-B-R-E-L.com. And he's got a very unique book, Moon Man. Um, and he talks about how he really got his understanding about the moon landing from Bill Casing. He was a truth teller saying that the six Apollo moon landings were all hoaxes. Yeah, between 69 and 72, they were all hoaxes, folks. And you know what? Bart didn't believe Bill at the time. But eventually, Bart was reading the Bible, and it dawned on him that he needed to investigate this, and so he did. And wow, he created a film along the way called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, uh, in which movie or documentary, if you will, um, Bart Sibrel, our guest yesterday, gets punched in the face by Buzz Aldrin. Uh, And he really asks these astronauts serious questions. Will you swear on the Bible that you actually went to the moon? He gets kicked out of their houses. They threaten to assassinate him. Uh, He tries to take his uh, information to to CNN, including leaked information, raw footage from NASA. And uh, literally, the CIA tries to put him in a loony bin. They do for a while, but he gets out. They try to take him to a long-term facility, and he escapes. This is all in the book called Moon Man, ladies and gentlemen. It has now been published, and it reveals new information about the moon landing fraud, including the official CIA code name for the project, for the deception, if you will, the American military base that was used, the American military base that was used for the, uh, where the Apollo 11 uh, missions were filmed, and a list of 15 government officials who were all present. In other words, they were there at the time, all of which was given to Bart. Yeah, we're talking about the chief of security of this military base upon his deathbed gave this information to Bart. You say, well, Sam, how do you know that's true? Because Bart went and talked to the families relating to these people. Bart went and talked to the families where astronauts were murdered who wouldn't go along and more. Moonman also discloses for the very first time Bart's real-life-threatening espionage adventures trying to stay one step ahead of the CIA agents that have gone rogue that were trying to kill him. Yeah, there you have it. Would all this be necessary if the moon landings were real, folks? By the way, never has successful technology failed to be improved upon. Technology does not go backwards, but in the moon landings, that's exactly what supposedly happened. Do you still believe there's a free press outside of government control? By the time you get done with Art's book, you won't, unless you count Liberty Roundtable live at a very, very, very select few self-published, self-owned institutions, if you will. By the way, Toyota looks to the moon and beyond with their, quote, new lunar vehicle. They want to get to the moon uh, and have people be able to live on the moon by 2040. Why 2040? My gosh. The first time back in the 60s, they said, we're going to get to the moon. And in eight years, they supposedly did it first try. Now they're talking about 2040, literally <laughs> 18 years in the future. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, great interview with Bart Sabrell. And I think Bart's becoming a dear friend. I'm learning more and more about him. He's a truth teller to the utmost degree. He really likes to dig into politics and everything else. Uh, Believe it or not, he predicted the lockdowns before they ever occurred. We're going to have him back on the broadcast uh, going forward, hopefully quite a bit. I'm working on that. I'll let you know the outcome, okay? But anyway, that was an incredible interview with Bart Sabrell, S-I-B-R-E-L.com. Check it out. You can read his book. And you can also watch the videos that go along with it, which provide incredible, necessary, vital context and proof for the assertions made of the book. Great stuff. Um, all right, we're ready. That's both hours, right? Wow, news that it was refused to use starts now. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Uh, so I guess this Jeff Zucker resigned as president of CNN after failing to disclose a romantic re- romantic relationship with his longtime colleague, Zucker was referring to his relationship with CNN's executive vice president and chief marketing officer, Allison, what is it, Gost? I think that's how you say it. Uh, anyway, that uh, he melted down, had to resign. Why? Because the relationship was supposed to be disclosed. Now they're both in the middle of divorces, or they were when they started their relationship. They claim that by golly, we just got really close during the pandemic, and uh, we didn't really um I- I admit it or, or or you know cop to it at the time or or, or you know uh, disclose it as they call it. But I look at this and go, you know what? Why are we even worried about this? No offense, but these big TV networks have been nothing but a, a fair fest for years when you name me one big company that doesn't have a fair fest at the top of it okay so i mean i i I appreciate it you know we can talk about jeff we can whatever but at the end of the day i look at this thing and i go (laughs) i don't really think this is a big deal now don't get me wrong the immorality is a big deal but these uh I don't know what, to, what words to use for them. These scandals, I guess is the proper word, have been going on forever at the top of these organizations. I mean, how many of these... What am I talking about? How many of these situations have you known about in your life? Are they all unique? No, they're all the same, right? They're all just another big old scandal. So-and-so cheated on their spouse. So-and-so, uh, you know... Uh, fell in love with, or thinks they're in love with someone else because of a movie set, uh, because they were in close proximity and worked together because of, because of, because of. And I kinda wonder, why do we care? Do we love scandal in America, is that why we care? Why do we care so much and why do we need to know this stuff and why does it even matter? Hang tight, Liberty Round Table, live.
3: get married, and have some kids.
2: I want to dedicate this song
1: to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right. So we're talking about Jeff Zucker resigns of president of CNN. I guess he got in a sexual relationship with Allison Golist. But, ladies and gentlemen, these scandals have been involved, or, you know, with these networks forever. This is nothing new. Why do we care so much? Let me give you an example. Just months ago, Jeffrey Tubin admits masturbating on Zoom. He admits that it was moronic and indefensible. Okay, this is CNN. Also, now don't get me wrong. I'm not defending this behavior, and I'm not suggesting this behavior is okay. But I wanna know why do we care? Why do we care? And let me explain what I mean. We foster this behavior at the top of every institution as a society. We foster this behavior for the elite, for actresses and actors, and you know the Me Too movement runs around and acts like they care. They only care when it's certain people they wanna take down, they don't care in general. No one's going after Bill Clinton, they don't really care, okay? Uh, But why do we even care about this? Why is this such an issue? Now, from a moral point of view, I get it. We do. We should care. And it's out of place. And it's unacceptable. And it's wrong. But everything we do fosters this. In the business world, we run around and say, hey, let's go get drinks together as colleagues. Let's go out and eat together. Let's have a man and a woman travel together. Uh, You know, then um, Mike Pence, former vice president, says, hey, I don't ever get alone with a woman that's not my wife. And then they mock him and laugh at him and go, you're just a backwards idiot. And then they go on and then they foster, you know, hey, let's, um, well, you two, uh, you're going on a business trip together, male and female, either single or married to somebody else, but you're going, you're going to be alone together. Someone has got the credit card for the business. So you got to kind of go out to breakfast, lunch and dinner with them or whatever. And you've got these hotel rooms and you're alone and there's nothing to do after quote, the day is done, so to speak. And. We put these people together alone in boardrooms and in private places. And we put actors and actresses together in compromising situations. And then when it runs out the rails, we go, what were they thinking? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying that we don't have our agency because we do. And I'm not saying we're not responsible for our actions because we are. But I am going to say that if you keep lighting fires everywhere, you will have fire get out of control. Let me say that again. If you keep lighting fires everywhere, you will have fire. Get out of control. And so the key is not to light these fires all over the place in the first place. The key isn't to go, what were you thinking? That fire burned everything down. Why were you starting a fire here? Okay, that's not what you say on the back end of these discussions. You say, why are we putting men and women together alone in the first place? Why are we making men travel with women that aren't supposed to be together? and putting them together. And then those who don't want to do it, you mock and ridicule and make fun of and act like they're just backwards idiots. You know, you say to Jeff or uh, to Mike Pence, what do you think you're going to do? Try to undress every woman you see, is that your problem? So you're scared of yourself. You know, they go on and say that kind of stuff. And Mike is just like, you know what? I don't want to be with a woman that's not my wife alone because number one, I don't want to put myself in any positions that could be tempting. Number two, I don't want to put my wife, or I'm sorry, myself in any position that could even have somebody else question my integrity or loyalty or commitment to my spouse. And third, I don't want to be put in any position that there could be possible allegations. All right, so you got these, you know, famous people that are always involved in scandals. So what Allison says about the relationship, because see, Jeff Zucker didn't name the quote person. But Allison did, and she said, yeah, you know what? We just got closer, and and it happened. We should have disclosed this. But both of them are in the middle of divorces. At least they were when this started to some degree. I don't know how far along each divorce was. I'm just telling you, they were married to other people. They both literally committed adultery. And they were supposed to disclose the relationship, but they didn't because they knew it was wrong. They didn't because they knew they were married to other people. They knew it would cause controversy and scandal. They knew it wasn't good, but they went ahead. Once it gets started, it's almost impossible to stop, right? so this affair. fair. Now, I'm I'm really highlighting this because, to me, it's bad that this situation happens. But these people are already divorced from somebody else, right? They're already breaking their marital covenants. And now they're with somebody else, and then, you know, either they'll commit and be together for a while, or else they'll um, just drift away. They were supposedly soulmates, but now they just... Drift away, it just didn't work out. So that's the kind of relationships these people um, foster. They have, right? Right? Now, you look at Jeff, and you look at this Allison situation. You look at the other Jeff that literally uh, got caught masturbating on camera. This is a CNN guy that got caught in a scandal, too. You've got all these women that have come out of CNN and Fox and all these other places going, oh, man, I was sexually harassed or whatever, right? Think about that. Um, You've got marriage on first sight. It's a TV show. Well, Mika and Michael got married, but their marriage is already over, right? But are Mika and Michael from Married at First Sight still together? No. They say this. After having struggled with self-worth and past relationships, Mika took a leap of faith by agreeing to marry Michael at first sight. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't mean to be rude here, but see, we have TV reality shows that foster this kind of stuff. We have a society that promotes this stuff. Hey, after work, let's just go out and get a couple of drinks. couple of drinks in. (laughs) Things happen. What you don't do is you don't go get drinks together in the first place. What you do is you follow the wise counsel of Michael. What's his name? He's the vice president. Well, he was. Till Donald Trump got kicked out of office there. Mike Pence is his name. Yeah. That guy, he said, I don't want to be with anybody that's not my wife. I don't want to be alone with any woman that's not my wife. I, don't, I just don't do it. And they mocked him relentlessly for such a policy. Now, Jeff Zuckerberg, let me ask you, my friend. If you didn't go anywhere without your spouse, then do you think you would have been in this situation, sir? I don't think so. Well, I was divorced. From my I know. Why are you divorcing your wife? Are there previous people that you've been with that your wife knows about? Are there previous circumstances? All I know is this. If you're with your wife, this would be a much better situation, right? Right? Now, what's that TV show in the morning time? They're the people that hated Donald Trump, right? Isn't it Brian and... uh, Anyway, I'll have to look at this. What are their names? They do a show and they hate Donald Trump. Who is it? Uh, uh, They attack Trump relentlessly. I'm trying to think of this because it relates to this. Oh, Mike Mika Brzezinski, is that her name? Right, drops the hammer on Trump. I guess it's Morning Joe and Mika. Yeah, isn't it Joe Scarborough and uh, Monica or Mika Brzezinski or whatever else? Didn't they? How did they meet? What was their story? Can somebody remind me? Right? They, they're MSNBCs. <clears throat> um, how did they meet? Tell me about Joe and, and, and Mika, okay? Is that a scandal? Yeah. Joe and Mika cheated their way. They exchanged vows, right? But what really happened now? They're supposedly patriots, so they got married They said their vows in a priceless home, the national treasures, they claim. But didn't they have a sleazy cheating scandal? They call it the affair game, so to speak. Morning lovebirds, how to make it legal as the inquirer asks questions. Painful to watch. They have an on-air spat one, threatens marriage counseling already how joe fell in love with mika yeah yeah we'll come back and talk about this ladies and gentlemen because they flirt awkwardly on morning joe and, and anyway okay this stuff you can predict hang tight we'll talk about it on your radio
0: the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
4: USA Radio News with
5: Lance Pride.
6: Russia has condemned a U.S. decision to send extra troops to Europe to support its NATO allies amid Russia posturing at the Ukraine border. Moscow said it was destructive and heightened tensions and reduced the scope for a political solution. The Pentagon said 2,000 U.S. troops would be sent from North Carolina to Poland and Germany, and a further 1,000 already in Germany would go to Romania. A Tennessee Democrat was expelled from the state Senate on Wednesday over her conviction on fraud charges. State Senator Katrina Robinson of Memphis was convicted of wire fraud last fall after being accused of stealing $600,000 from a health care school she ran to pay for her wedding and other personal expenses.
7: This whole process has been a very painful process. And to stand before you and go through essentially a procedural lynching in this body.
3: USA Radio News. Fever is a potential sign of COVID or the flu. And the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Be accurate with Exergen. Exergen Temporal Scanners, available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E X E R G E N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature.
0: Guys, are you tired of being tired, frustrated because it seems impossible to lose belly fat? If you're looking for a solution, Andro 400 Max, the extra strength all-natural testosterone booster. The safe, easy, and affordable way to gain energy and lose stubborn belly fat. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435.
6: When Puxatawny Phil saw his groundhog shadow on Wednesday, he wasn't lying about winter hanging on in America.
0: A hey, winter storm is bringing a mix of rain. Freezing rain and snow to the central U.S. Airlines canceled thousands of flights. Officials are urging people to stay off the roads and schools are closed. Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana and Michigan are seeing freezing rain, sleet and snow. Significant ice accumulation is expected in an area from Louisville, Kentucky to Memphis, Tennessee. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau,
8: I'm Katie Lewis.
6: The Pentagon is reporting U.S. Special Forces carried out a successful large-scale counterterrorism raid in northwestern Syria early Thursday on an al-Qaeda stronghold. Locals at the scene afterward reported 13 people had been killed, including women and children. Residents say it lasted two hours in Atme, near the Turkish border. USA Radio News.
1: Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Joe and Mika. What the heck's going on? What happened with them? It was a scandal. Yeah, what happened? Now, here's what's interesting about all these celebrities. They're all friends. They all get along just great. So, Joe, MSNBC's Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough, on Friday, gave their account. This isn't last Friday, by the way. This is a story in finance at Yahoo, but this is some time ago. They explained what happened. They gave their account of what happened when they visited President Donald Trump at his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. (laughs) Why would... uh, I just want you to know why would they go to Mar a Lago? They hate Joe. They attack Joe. Or, um, they hate Trump. They attack Trump. They mock Trump. They abuse Trump. They, but now they went to Mar a Lago. I can't even go to Mar a Lago. <laughs> wow. Anyway, the bottom line is what happened. What, or what happened to, um, Morning Joe? Right. The show started in 2007, but in 2018 is when they got married. But they were married to other people before, right? Think about all that. Anyway, it's a big old long story, and I don't want to spend forever on Joe and... (laughs) I don't want to go forever on it. But... Joe and Mika are a scandal. Their whole relationship was on a scandal. So now you look at this Jeff Zuckerberg scandal and Allison Dullest. And then you look at this Jeffrey Tubin and him masturbating on Zoom on camera in front of everybody. And now Joe has a big old scandal with Mika and then they got married in 2018. But what's all up with all this? Why do we the people care so much? Um, because I think we love scandal uh, in our society, ladies and gentlemen. I think we love scandal in our society. We love it. We get off on it. We love to sit on the sidelines and watch people's hearts get broken. People's families get destroyed. We love it. It's like a blood sport for us, right? Hey, wake up in the morning. Who's betraying who today? What scandal's going to go down next? Is it Michael Jackson and his perversion with boys? Or is it Mika and Joe flirting on air, crossing the line so awkward the viewers cringe? Don't worry, they got married. Is it the latest high school teacher that's a female that sleeps with their young student? By golly. Oh, don't worry. They were going to be prosecuted, but she got married to the little boy. So now they're all cool. No big deal, no harm, no foul if you marry him. Oh, they got divorced a year later. Let's throw in the bachelor for good measure Uh, or the bachelorette. Let's have somebody just, you know, whatever. They got reality TV shows of fast dating and fast love and and all kinds of awkward stuff. And then, hey, when people live like that, believe like that, watch that, see the celebrities do that, da-da-da-da-da. And then it's all of a sudden, hey, that becomes our lives, our ways, our beliefs, our. And I'm going to stop you right there now and say, why do we care? Well, you either care because you love the scandal, you love the carnage, you love the reality of destruction, or you care like me because it's against God's laws. Yeah, it's against the laws of God Almighty, ladies and gentlemen, so I care because I want to stop it. I want husbands to be loyal to their wives and wives to be loyal to their husbands, And when you make a vow of marriage that says for, uh, you know, hey, until death do you part, or in my case, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we say for time and all eternity. But I think marriage covenants are something sacred, ordained of God, not to be trifled with, not to be mocked, not to be minimized, not to be ignored, right? Right? (laughs) <laughs> this is critical, in my opinion. And I believe personally that society depends on it. I really do. Right? Americans love a scandal. Right? They just do. It's sad. Why we love a good scandal. Americans love a good scandal until the next one comes along, right? Think about that. American scandal, the the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal, forbidden love. Hey, scandal-free Biden administration. And what about that? Not Sally Hemings, American scandal. Slaves slept with a founding father. Don't even have evidence that it's factual, but hey, We love the scandal, nevertheless, right? American sex scandals. Letterman affair. Right? Anatomy of a scandal. What we know so far. Sex, love, and scandal. Right? We love this stuff, folks. We get off on it as Americans. And I'm telling you, it's against God's laws. It's against the guidance of... From our Heavenly Father. God gave Adam, a male, a female helpmeet, is what it's called Eve. And together they were a, a powerhouse of synergism and solutions. They were the leaders of the human family, the patriarch and matriarch of God's ordained human family. Marriage is ordained of God. Marriage ought not be mocked, right? Think of all the scandals in our society. Think about how we deal with them. Do we create real accountability for those scandals? No, we don't. Zuckerberg resigned, but hey, Allison says, I'm sorry that we didn't tell you guys about it, but man, I'm going to look forward to continuing working at CNN. Where's good old Zucker going to go? Who knows? Didn't we have a big old scandal with Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon? Uh, he had a wife, and then he had a girlfriend, and then what? And, and wow. The scandals are everywhere in America, and they're all at the top of celebrities, of actors and actresses and rock stars and performers and politicians and, uh, you know, big CEOs. And I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And we create a culture of this in our own lives and in our own societies. We watch these TV shows, bachelors and bachelorettes and, um, you know, these, I, I, I don't even know what they're all called. But these sex before marriage things where guys treat girls like cars. Well, you better drive her before you marry her to see if it's a good drive. Talking about being sexually involved with her and all these kinds of things, and we create this culture, and it's a culture against God, ladies and gentlemen, and then we wonder, when it goes wrong, we go, what the heck were you thinking? What were you, and and then they're like, well, I wasn't really thinking, I was just, man, I know this is bad, and we go on and on and on, from the Andrew Cuomo scenarios, to the Donald Trump scandals, all you got to do is grab them by the Whatever, and that scan, I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. And I submit to you that if you want to stop this, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me closely. If you want solutions, if you want to stop this, you're going to have to stop flirting with disaster. What do I mean? You can't light fires all over the place and expect fire not to break out in the wrong places. Love and sex is like fire, it's a wonderful thing when it's in the fireplace creates warmth, allows you to make warm food. It does so many wonderful things for you. And that's why marriage within the bounds the Lord has set is a wonderful thing, just like fire appropriately contained, appropriately managed as God intended. But when you start flirting with disaster and you start uh, launching fires everywhere you go, when it burns the place down, don't be surprised. Don't be shocked as if like, Oh my goodness, what have they done? Sadly, they've been done what they've been taught to do. They've been done what those before them have done. The way to stop it is say, look, we're gonna follow the Mike Pence rule. If I'm married, I'm not gonna go out with somebody from the opposite sex alone, no matter what, I'm not doing it. Call me backwards, call me crazy, mock me, do whatever you do, but I'm not doing it. That's the safe way. Don't put women in workforce positions that require them to travel alone with men that are not their spouse don't do it because when you do scandal happens when you don't good things happen let's talk more about this topic because i think it's so critical i am sam bushman on your radio
7: If the COVID-19 shot is safe and effective, then why are 20% of healthcare workers refusing to get it? If the COVID-19 injection is safe and effective, then why is big tech silencing anyone who opposes it? If the COVID injection is safe and effective, then why is our federal government's reporting system recording over 14,000 deaths from the vaccine and an additional 650,000-plus serious adverse reactions. If the COVID shot is safe and effective, then why did Dr. Gert van den Bosch, recognized as one of the world's chief vaccine experts, risk his entire career and his reputation to plead with the medical community to immediately halt all COVID-19 vaccinations, calling mass COVID vaccinations an uncontrollable monster? Doesn't sound very safe and effective. Maybe it's time to call a spade a spade. At no time in history have the people forcing others into compliance been the good guys.
0: Paid for
6: by Ammon Bundy for governor.
4: VoteBundy.com.
1: ladies and gentlemen we love sex scandals i'm telling you right now in america until the next one comes along think about pamela anderson and tommy lee they made a sex tape right wow all right perhaps the most memorable scandal the memorable sex scandal in american history is between former president john f kennedy and marilyn monroe yeah The American public had a rabid appetite for gossip about the young, handsome president and the Hollywood bombshell, right? Think about this. We love the scandal. We love the lifestyle. We love the rich and the famous. There's even a headline that says top 10 biggest sex scandals in America. It's just what? Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's what goes on. Think about it. It's, it's just scary when you think about it. But again, I maintain that it's all wrong. That it's all off the rails. It's all against God's law. And the way you prevent it ladies and gentlemen, is what I'm focusing on. I highlight some of these so you don't think that I'm just going off over nothing. But this has been going on for years and years and years in America. We love a good sex scandal. And the sad part about it is people's lives are ruined. Families are destroyed. People's hearts are broken. People's trust in humanity as a whole, you know, females' trust in men and vice versa uh, is just destroyed over this. This is not child's play. And when we play with fire outside the fireplace or outside of the proper, uh, you know, bounds, the Lord has said it's always, I'm going to say it again, it's always, I'm going to say it one more time, it's always trouble. It never goes well, ladies and gentlemen. Don't fool yourself. And so the way you stop it is you follow Mike Pence's idea, I'm never going to be with a woman alone that's not my wife. It starts with not sending males and females that are not married on business trips together, okay, they're alone, they're vulnerable, either man can or woman can take advantage of the other, they have a little bit of drinks, they agree, They kind of regret it on the back end of what happened, and so they say the other one did something wrong, there's allegation, there's, I mean, we can go on and on. Well, okay, I sl- you know, the guy says, okay, I slept with her, but it wasn't by force like she says, she consented. Now it's just a debate about consent. Well, I didn't consent. Well, she did consent to go to the bar. She did consent to drink. She did consent to get alone with him, but she just didn't consent to the rest. Now, don't get me wrong. She has every right to say no and draw the line wherever she chooses, right? So I'm not saying that it's okay, but what I'm saying is that one thing leads to another. And if you want to avoid it the goal is not to say that it's okay i'm not saying that it's right in any case what i'm saying though is if you don't want those things to happen don't put yourself in a position for those things to happen let me say that again because this is like on one hand ignorant 101 stuff on the other hand it's like rocket science advice right if you don't want those things to happen to you don't put yourself in positions for them to happen. If you don't want those things to happen, you do not put yourself in positions where those things could happen. So you know what? If you're not alone with a woman from the opposite sex, that's not your spouse, then the allegations are easy to prove false. If you're not alone with someone, then the likelihood of you getting raped, male or female, is a lot less than if you are alone. Don't do the innocent thing, innocent things that could end up getting you in trouble. You go to the bar to have a couple of drinks. I'm telling you right now, you're slowly but surely dismantling all the protections that God and society has given you. So if you're not at the bar alone with someone and you're not drinking, the likelihood of you doing something you regret and or having something done to you that you regret, male or female, reduces a ton. First off, you're not alone, and secondly, you're not doing things that will uh, destroy your normal inhibitions, right? Okay, don't go to the bar with that person alone. Don't go to the bar with friends, and then after, two people linger a little longer. Or let me just walk you to your hotel room and make sure you're safe. Then a little flirting happens on the way to the hotel room, and then, you know what? You want to just come in for one more drink? Or do you want to just stay a little bit longer? Do you want to watch a movie together? It all sounds like it could be innocent, but where do you end up? It doesn't end up well. And so what you've got to do is learn to not put yourself in those positions in the first place. If you don't go to the bar, if you don't drink, if you don't spend time alone, if you don't linger longer, if you you got to think of it like the buddy system, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever I travel, I take a buddy with me. It's not that I'm not capable of traveling alone. I'm totally capable of traveling alone. But you know what? If I got a buddy with me at all times, it's easy to not get with a woman alone. Just stay with my buddy. But if I'm by myself, it can be as simple as I'm going to give you a ride from the airport or a ride to the airport or a ride to this venue from your hotel room. See, then a girl picks me up at my hotel room. Uh, Or it drops me off at my hotel room. Every one of those things are opportunity for all the wrong things to happen, whether it's intentional on my part, whether it starts out innocent enough and it wasn't intentional on my part, whether somebody intends to entrap me and it's none of my fault, but yet I'm a victim of circumstance. Hey, this girl picked me up at my hotel room and now she's making allegations that I did this or I did that. True or not true. Now I'm in trouble. So see, to me, this is a protection thing. It's like they tell you, don't go swimming alone. Use the buddy system. It's that kind of deal. Do not go out in society and do not interact with people alone. Because when you do, you set yourself up for nothing but trouble. Do not work too close with people alone either. Don't spend time with your work people so much. Don't become so good friends with them. It's fine to have cordial relationships. It's fine to have your families spend time with their families. I'm not saying that there can be no interaction. I'm not saying you got to be isolationist or hostile in any way, but I'm telling you, when a boy and a girl, or in, I guess these days two boys, two girls, whatever, spend too much time together, it's trouble. So you look at these two examples: Jeff Zucker and Allison Gullust. They literally worked together for 20 years. They say we are friends. We we're professional, you know, colleagues. We we're this and that. It was just the last recent couple of years where the relationship changed. They spent so much time together. They were together so much that, you know what? It's the natural progression of a male and female intended by God, but only to be used within the bounds the Lord has set, not be used outside. So you got to avoid these situations. I just tell you that Jeff should have never spent so much time with Allison Gullist in the first place. I'm not saying Allison's a bad person. I'm not saying Jeff is a bad person. I'm just telling you that you spend too much time with the opposite sex for too long in situations where you're alone, where there's alcohol, where there's other you know situations where it's late at night, where there's plenty of opp- the greater the opportunity, the greater chance of the fall. If you're an alcoholic, you don't go to places where there's tons of alcohol, folks. If you do, you're begging for trouble. If you're an alcoholic, not only do you not go to places where there's alcohol, but you surround yourself with people that know that you have that weakness and that will help you stay on the sober train, right? You want to spend your time with people that don't drink and people that know about your situation enough to make sure that you don't even ever get close. If you're a pyromaniac, ladies and gentlemen, you don't run around with a lighter and matches and Flint and steel in your pocket. Right, so I'm just telling you that you've got to get back. I'll finish by telling you a little story to make the point. A king was trying to decide which driver he was going to hire. One driver, they both the both drivers, I, I, I took him on a travel, on a little on a little drive to see, you know, how they would drive and how they would behave. And one driver was awesome. He took the king up on the mountain and got two wheels off the side of the mountain, but saved it. Brought the king back safely and said, see how good of a driver I am, man. I got it done, buddy. I kept you out of danger, man. I made it riveting. But yet, hey, you stayed out of danger. The other driver wasn't fast, didn't put two wheels off. In fact, he hugged the mountain. He was so far from the cliff, it wasn't funny. He was so cautious, it was almost boring. And that driver, when he got done, not even being close to the edge, said, sir, your life is so valuable. I know I was a little bit overcautious, but you as cargo mean that much to me. Which driver do you think the king hired, huh? The fast sports driver that put two wheels out the side of the mountain? Or the guy that was slow and hugged the the uh, inside of the mountain or whatever. You're closest to the mountain away from the ledge. All right, how do you want to live your life is the point. And we in society sadly have created a situation where everything we do and say and watch and believe leads us to scandal. And then we love the scandal. We just have an appetite for it. So after the good scandal, Joe marries Mika. Americans love a good scandal till the next one comes along. Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee's sex tape. Hey, how do you think Kim Kardashian got famous, huh? Anybody know? <laughs> and you know how Kim Kardashian got famous, Cameron? Sex tape, right? Yeah. Uh... Kim Kardashian's sex tape, I think, is how it is, right? Yeah. They have 10 quick and dirty facts about Kim Kardashian's sex tape, for example, online. Um, I'm not reading it. I'm just telling you. Kim Kardashian's sex tape, the real story of how it emerged. Okay, see, that's what I'm talking about. You got Kim Kardashian. She's famous because of a sex tape. Now, you can say, well, she's got famous family too, Sam. I know. But what is the real story behind the release of Kim Kardashian's sex tape? Do you know? Ten years ago, a sex tape propelled Kim Kardashian from, quote, random socialite to superstar. Here's how it happened. It's a big old long read. (laughs) Right? Think about it. Do we want that? Do we want that at all? It's scandal. So here's the deal. In October, when Kim Kardashian was 22, and uh, and they say Ray J, I guess, is his name or whatever, they went on a luxury resort in Cabo, Mexico, to celebrate Kardashian's 23rd birthday. Yeah, they took a handheld camera with them and filmed themselves goofing around with the camera and also having sex. On later occasions, they filmed themselves again. Anyway, there you have it. Anyway, so it, it just started slowly, just got worse. It all meant well, but no, it went all wrong. Well, all right, if you want to be famous at that and give that up to be famous, I guess. What a sad tale to tell, ladies and gentlemen. What a disgrace. But there we have it in America. I say turn to God Almighty and His laws that govern some of the most sacred procreative powers. That's what you do. And if you do, you'll have a blessed family and a blessed life. If you don't, troubles in the wake, I can promise you that. Jettison the scandal, Americans. God save the Republic.
0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for February the 3rd in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is hour two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property. And to promote God, family, and country. People don't want the truth to get in the way of a good story, ladies and gentlemen. Americans love a good scandal until the next one comes along. Yeah, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, I talked last hour about all these sex scandals. And how our society really drives the narrative for them to occur all the time. And we love them as a society. It's a sad tale to tell. I think we need to turn to God Almighty and reject this entirely, ladies and gentlemen. Thou shalt not covet. The neighbor's wife, <laughs> uh, the girl that's right there. Whatever the case may be. Okay, you've got to really realize we create this in our society by reality TV shows, uh, by all kinds of stuff. It's disaster. And then we wonder why it goes all wrong and it ruins careers and ruins lives and creates problems for the children in those relationships and so on and so on and so on. Anyway, last hour, I break it down and I'm telling you, you got to follow Mike Pence rule. You got to follow that rule. Mike Pence, ladies and gentlemen, he's never alone with a woman that is not his wife. What great counsel. What great guidance. Yeah. Mike told The Hill, a political newspaper, that he never dines with women alone, nor does he attend functions. Yeah, Mike Pence won't dine alone with women. Here's why. Why why will Mike Pence not eat alone with a woman that's not his wife? Yeah. In my opinion, that's the key. Now, Kamala Harris says it's outrageous that Mike Pence won't dine alone with a woman. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, think about that. Kamala Harris is all mad, but Kamala Harris is known for sleeping her way to the top. You can say, I don't know what I'm talking about if you want to, ladies and gentlemen, but it's the truth. There's plenty of evidence that she slept her way to the top. Why won't Mike Pence? They say the real reason Mike Pence doesn't dine alone with women. Are they going to tell the truth? They say while men mostly dominate the political landscape in America, women are making massive moves in politics. As we celebrate the 100th anniversary of women gaining the right to vote, we also just witnessed Kamala Harris become the first, they say, South Asian and black woman to accept the Democratic vice presidential bid. Ocasio-Cortez. Became the youngest woman elected to Congress. Remember, she's the one that says, oh, all these white men are mad because she went around Florida without a mask because they secretly want to sleep with her and she won't let them. See how we take this to the next level every time, every chance we get? There's a lingering issue in politics that women face, they say. Some of them can't be alone with their male colleagues. Yeah. Dubbed the Mike Pence rule. Yeah, it's a great rule, right? I think the Mike Pence rule is great, not because I think women are bad. Vice President Mike Pence's wife, Karen Pence, they discussed this. Mike said he will not be alone with a woman, right? Right? Mike Pence claimed he will not be alone with another woman or attend an event where alcohol is served unless his wife is there. Why does he follow such an old-fashioned rule, they say? He's smart. They say he's a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. These labels explain his rule. Okay? This explains why he has this rule, these beliefs that he has. Mike Pence introduced himself as a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order. Now, by the way, I agree with this rule, and I live by this rule to the best of my ability. Right? Think about it. The mindset is understandable. Okay? A married man simply should not have female friends. It's not necessary. Think about that. A married man should not have female friends. It's not necessary. Or proper. Okay? Now, I want to say this. Men should not have female friends, and females should not have male friends. Now, let me explain what I mean by friends, because I think it's, it's, it's appropriate to, to kind of highlight or explain a little bit. All right? Intimacy of any sort leads to sexual temptation is the idea. All right? Now, he explained the idea further, Mike Pence did. He says it's like building a zone around your marriage. While Kamala Harris claimed this to be outrageous in 2018, there have been support by those on the right for this view. He says... Or they say with Pence's reasoning, he can set up a strong family and a strong husband. Now, Mike Pence is not the first and only figure to avoid situations with the opposite sex. Others have done this. Okay. Billy Graham set his rules for pastors working under him as well. There's sexual temptation when men are working away from their families for a long time. There's no doubt. Now, we're not saying the women are bad. We're not saying the women aren't capable. We're just telling you that if you obey these rules, civil, common rule, then you're likely to be in positions where you will not have scandal. Right? So Mike Pence, I believe, is correct on this. You got to not be with women. You got to not put yourself in situations where either there's temptation or allegation or who knows what. Yeah. It's important. Why does Mike follow such a seemingly old fashioned rule? Now, that's the question. When we talk about um, an old fashioned rule, is it an old fashioned rule? Right? Is it, what about this female friend deal and male friend deal? I want to explain this. Let me give you an example. I've got a lot of friends. And I'm friends with the women too. And I'll give you an example. I'll use uh, some family friends. I won't use their right names. I'll just call them Tim and Tina because it's simple and easy. John Doe, Jane Doe, whatever. Tim and Tina, okay? I am great friends with Tim. And I spend a lot of time with Tim, and I like Tim. And I spend time with his family. He spends time with my family. And we work together on a lot of projects, and we know each other really well. We go to each other's homes. We eat dinner together. We go on camping trips with our families together and everything. It's fantastic. Me and Tim are great friends. And believe it or not, my wife and Tina are great friends too. So I spend time with Tim, and my wife spends time with Tina. It's great. Now I know Tina and in public settings where we're all there, where husbands and wives are there and everything else, I will listen to Tina and what she's saying. And you know, my friend Tim will listen to my wife and what she's saying. And we have general conversations about family together and everything else, but I never call Tina. My wife never calls Tim. My wife calls Tina and I call Tim though. And you know what? We never get alone with I never get alone with his wife. There's no need to. There's no value in that. And if it wasn't for Tim being my friend, I wouldn't really spend time with Tina. Even though we're general friends and I like her, I think she's a great lady. But but there's not a relationship of any kind. There's nothing that is kindling, if you will, speaking of lighting fires. There's nothing that has started. There's nothing that leads to opportunity of any kind. And I have a lot of couple friendships like that. So it doesn't mean that you can't have respect for a woman, either professionally or otherwise. It doesn't mean that you can't even think they're a great girl. You know what? I'm glad Tim's married to her. She's a nice lady. I really like her. She's great. But you got to be careful that there's not a relationship there. Okay, I don't need relationships with other women. Women that I work with professionally, I mean, there's a a friend's relationship that we know each other and that we get along, but there's not a relationship and it's really important to kind of understand the difference okay i am not friends with my buddy's wife really when i care about her i think she's great and we're general friends but we're not friends i wouldn't call her and say she's just a friend see what i mean hang tight liberty Roundtable, table live
7: I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking.
4: Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
1: Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about scandal. Sadly, in America, it's everywhere, isn't it? From sex scandals to financial scandals. I mean, it goes on and on, doesn't it? What do we do about it, huh? Well, now let's move from sex scandals to money scandals, shall we? Headline says this denouncing dark money, then deploying it in 2020, writes the New York Times. Some people say, Sam, why do you pay attention to the New York Times at all? Aren't they the enemy press? To a great degree, yes. But it's great to keep an eye on the enemy, number one. Number two, they're not always the enemy. They really have deep pockets and resources to drill into stories that are kind of shocking. And sometimes they come to the table with a real bucket of truth. So the headline says, denouncing dark money, then deploying it in 2020. New York Times. Now think about that headline. Denouncing dark money, then deploying it. So at first we say how bad it is, but then we engage. Didn't I say America loves a good scandal Till the next one comes along? All right, here you go. A time for, uh, or let's see. Where's this huge story? Oh, I got it. It's just huge is the problem. Hold on. Let me get there. This thing is just so huge of a story. <laughs> it's hard to even cover this story. That's why I'm going to spend most of the hour on it. This thing is just huge. Um, it's a big donor scandal. And it's a donor scandal really um, about the deep state, if you will okay, it's really about the deep state and that both Republicans and Democrats are involved, right? It's a sad story. You got to wonder if democracy is dying over this. Well, since we don't have a democracy, I doubt it's dying. But it's a New York Times analysis that reveals how the left outdid the right at raising and spending millions of dollars from undisclosed donors to defeat Donald Trump and win power in Washington. For much of the last decade, Democrats have been complaining with a mix of indignation, frustration, and envy that the Republicans and their allies were spending Hundreds of millions of what they call difficult-to-trace dollars to influence politics. Dark money became a dirty word, ladies and gentlemen. As the left warned of the threat of corruption posed by corporations and billionaires that were spending unlimited sums through loosely. Regulated nonprofits, which did not disclose their donors' identities, okay? All this dishonest, scandalous money is rolling, baby, on both sides of the aisle. They say then came the 2020 election, spurred by opposition to then-President Donald J. Trump. Donors and operatives allied with the Democratic Party, and they embraced dark, money with fresh zeal, pulling even with, and by some measures, surpassing the Republicans in the 2020 spending spree. According to a New York Times analysis of tax filings and other data, the analysis shows that 15 of the most politically active nonprofit organizations that generally align with the Democratic Party spent more than $1.5 billion in 2020 compared to roughly $900 million that were aligned with the GOP. So 1.5 billion, 900 million, Democrats to Republicans, right? The findings reveal the growth and the ascendancy Of a quote, shadow political infrastructure that is reshaping American politics. Think about that for a minute, right? They say as mega donors, quote, nonprofits take advantage of quote, loose disclosure laws to make multi million dollar outlays in total. secrecy think about that let me say this again the findings reveal the growth and the ascendancy of a shadow political infrastructure that is reshaping american politics in secret wow they say some good government activists worry that the uh Exploding role in undisclosed cash threatens to accelerate the erosion of trust in the country's political system. You think? Democrats' quote, newfound success in harnessing this funding also exposes the stark tensions between their efforts to win elections and their quote, commitment to curtail secretive political spending by the super rich. A single cryptically named entity that has served as a clearinghouse of undisclosed cash for the left is called the 1630 Fund. You know about it? Yeah, they've received mystery donations as large as $50 million. And they have disseminated grants to more than 200 groups. Think about that for a minute. A single cryptically named entity, the 1630 Fund has received mystery donations of as large as $50 million and they provide grants to more than 200 groups. They say while spending a total of $410 million In 2020 alone, more than the Democratic National Committee itself. But understand that nonprofits do not abide by the same transparency rules. Or donation limits as parties or campaigns do. So it's a scandal. They say although they can underwrite many similar activities. Advertising. Polling. Research, voter registration and mobilization, and legal fights over voting rules, to name a few. The scale of secret spending, ladies and gentlemen, now is such that even as small donors have become a potent force in politics, undisclosed money dwarfed the 2020 campaign fundraising of President Biden who raised a record $1 billion, the dark money dwarfs that they say in the New York Times. And Mr. Trump, who raised more than $810 million as he headed into the, quote, midterm elections, Democrats are warning major donors not to give in to the financial complacency that often afflicts the party in power. That's why I see the Democrats raised way more than the Republicans, because um, they're warning about that. Hey, when you're in power, you think you got it, but you don't. While Republicans are rushing to level the, quote, dark money playing field to take advantage of what is expected to be a, quote, favorable political climate in 2022. That stake is not just the control of Congress, although it is that, but it's more. But also whether Republican donors will become more unified with Trump out of the White House. Wow, think about that, folks. Two Republican secret money groups focused on Congress, and they said their combined fundraising reached nearly $100 million in 2021. That's far more than they raised in 2019. Here's how we conducted our analysis. The Times, that's the New York Times, admits their data is probably not even complete. Because the lack of disclosure rules and the secret money is difficult, if not impossible, to truly trace all of it. Nonprofits, for example, come and go. Adapting to shifts in political power and tactics some exist in the gray space between philanthropy and politics for instance it goes on and on we'll come back and talk about this more this is shocking ladies and gentlemen you are listening to liberty roundtable live
0: listening to Liberty News Radio.
4: USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Russia
6: has condemned a US decision to send extra troops to Europe to support NATO allies amid Russia posturing at the Ukraine border. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby from the lectern.
0: We
2: remain focused on the evolving situation in Europe and Russia's actions on the Ukrainian border and in Belarus. As the Secretary said, the United States stands shoulder to shoulder with our NATO allies.
6: The Pentagon is reporting U.S. Special Forces conducted a successful counterterrorism mission against al-Qaeda targets in northwest Syria last night. There were no U.S. casualties. Local civilians in the area say the operation lasted about two hours and are claiming 13 people were killed, including women and children. The operation took place near the village of Atme, near the Turkish border. SpaceX successfully launched a classified payload into orbit for the U.S. government yesterday from Vandenberg Space Force Base in California.
3: USA Radio News. Fever is a potential sign of COVID or the flu. And the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Be accurate with Exergen. Exergen Temporal Scanners, available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Hey, Carrie, we need that tax report
2: by tomorrow. Hey, uh, Bobby, give me that expenses. For sure. Hari's
4: accounting firm, client by growth is exponential. I know we're a couple of
2: short, he
4: needs whip smart little... accountants at whiplash speed. Hey,
2: uh, so why aren't these receivables matching up?
4: Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed, you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
6: As the United States sovereignty at the U.S.-Mexico border is in question, the current administration continues to allow illegal immigrants into the country, ignoring the Supreme Court's demand that Remain in Mexico policy be enforced.
7: Republican senators are ripping the Biden administration over the crisis along the U.S.-Mexico border.
6: This crisis at the border is a direct result of President Biden's policies aided and abetted by
5: Democrats here in Congress.
7: Wisconsin's Ron Johnson saying the United States has no idea how many drug traffickers and gangs are coming in. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. A piece
6: of space junk from a SpaceX rocket launched in 2015 is hurling towards the moon and is set to crash into the lunar surface on March 4th. The school best-sized part is a Falcon 9 rocket that launched from Florida. It's too far away from Earth and had too little fuel to return, so instead it's been yanked around by Earth and Moon's gravity in a chaotic orbit. USA Radio News.
1: Yeah, the politicians on both sides of the aisles act like they don't want dark money, but yet, on one hand, they pretend they don't like it and they're against it publicly, but in secret, they're absolutely for it, ladies and gentlemen. Nonprofits don't abide by the same transparency rules or donation limits as parties or campaigns. Yeah, the findings reveal the growth and the ascendancy of a shadow political infrastructure that is shaping or reshaping American politics in secret, ladies and gentlemen. This is a huge New York Times article in which they talk about many of these groups transfer money back and forth. Some can remain hidden in unexamined tax filings for years because of the complexity. Yet a number of strategists in both parties said their own understanding comported with the Times' findings is that the left eclipsed the rights so the left got ahead of the right when it comes to these uh, politically-oriented, nonprofit spending and sophistication in 2020. That shift was fueled by several factors, they say. The big money right was fractured, over whether to support Donald Trump's re-election. Anti-Trump Republicans started new groups that were welcome into the left's big-money firmament. They say de- Defending Democracy Together, that's a group that was founded in 2018 by the, quote, conservative pundit William Kristol. They spent nearly $40 million in 2020 million voters received from the 1630 fund and Mr. Trump's baseless claims, they say, of voter fraud hamstringed Republican efforts to compete with progressive groups that spent heavily to promote early and vote by mail. Now, I think that there was an election scandal. I think Trump's right, but they continue to lie in The New York Times about that, right? On the Left they say the prospect of a second Trump term spurred a quote new class of mega donors to stop it and help delay lingering qualms regarding the corrosive effects of secret money among some Democrats the range of donors not just traditional progressive Democrat donors had a wake-up call around 2019 where they realized that our Constitutional Republic was at risk, that they had to compete through whatever financing means and vehicles they could, which resulted in a tremendous outpouring of support and secret money. That's what Rob Stein said. He's a longtime political strategist and advisor to some of the biggest Democratic Party donors. Mr. Stein, who now focuses on Finding common ground between the parties. Yeah, see the deep states finding common ground. Worries that the increasing embrace of secret money and money vehicles will usher in a new dark money arms race. Is that what we're talking about? Secret money vehicles will usher in a new dark money arms race. Isn't that interesting that further undermines fray and public trust in elections. There's no legal definition of dark money, by the way, folks, but it generally has been meant to understood, or I'm sorry, generally meant to mean funds spent to influence politics by nonprofits that do not disclose their donors. These groups are usually incorporated under the tax code as social welfare and advocacy groups or business leagues. Legally, these groups are allowed to spend money on partisan politics, but it's not supposed to be their primary purpose. Sadly, it's become so. The times also included a select few charities in their mix, which provide donors not only anonymity, but also a lucrative tax deduction. So now you get government literally paying for all this to happen. See how the circle works? We lobby you. You give us tax deductions. With the tax deductions, we create secret organizations. With the secret organizations, we fund your elections. Charities are supposed to completely abstain from, quote, partisan activity, but some have taken advantage of unique provisions in the tax code that allow them to engage in the political sphere through efforts that are technically nonpartisan, like voter education and registration, don't you know? See how it all goes around and around and around in a big old abuse, big old immoral, big old scandalous whatever. They say on the left, two charities raised tens of millions of dollars each for registration efforts that employed, quote, pinpoint, pinpoint targeting of Democratic groups that typically vote Democratic. The analysis also looked into two charitable groups, one aligned with Democrats and the other aligned with Republicans. Do you see how it's a deep state against us plan? They all doled out millions of dollars in grants to quote nonprofits that can then in turn donate and spend to oblivion without any accountability whatsoever. That engage in voter outreach and which spent millions more on litigation dealing with rules and regulations. The left's advantage in secret spendings holds true even if these charitable groups are withheld from the analysis the Times reports. Kevin McLaughlin, who oversaw the Senate Republicans' campaign, marveled at how Democrats built an elaborate multi-billion dollar money dark network. It's a dark money network. While simultaneously railing against the scourge of dark money. Think about that. Democrats built a huge network of dark money while publicly railing against it. Republicans, of course, still gave heavily to political nonprofits in 2020, although they say the most well-funded efforts were focused directly on Congress, underscoring how some donors remain committed to the party, even when they were less enthusiastic about directly supporting Donald Trump. Two nonprofit groups affiliated with the House and Senate leaders were roughly at financial Parity with three similar Democratic groups, according to tax records. Yeah, Uh, so there you have it. Parity, the deep state, they've all got funding. It's like, we'll fund you here and fund you here. And they're funding both sides of the scandal. Republicans are bringing spitballs to the gunfight, they kind of joke. Democrats have a conflicted history on this. Back in 2005, Mr. Stein helped spark the Democracy Alliance, which would grow into an influential club of some of the the most wealthy donors on the left. Warning of the superiority of conservative infrastructure, he urged affluent liberals to create what he called counterweights. They responded, seeding institutions like the turnout group America Votes, the Media Matters Watchdog Group, and the Center for American Progress think tank, to name a few. But Democrats had concerns of losing the quote, dark money arms race. And so their concerns spiked again after the Supreme Court's 2010 Citizen United decision. It expanded the kind of spending, they call it permissible, permissible political spending, allowed by nonprofits. And unleashed a torrent of dark money into elections particularly on the right at first where the industrialists Charles and David Koch oversaw the political operations that came to outstrip the Republican Party or I'm sorry the Democratic Party financially Democrats publicly assailed the Koch operation or the Koch Brothers operation as epitomizing dark money takeover. Privately, though, they plotted ways to compete. Not long after Trump's inauguration, Mr. Stein returned to the alliance with a new alarming analysis outlining how, by 2016, the rights' spending advantage has resulted in political dominance in 30 states and nationally. As their outrage grew over Mr. Trump's Presidency, so did Democrats' financial secret giving. Money went to an array of nonprofits working to undermine Trump and to boost Democrats. Campaign watchdogs argue that since some of that spending went to functions similar to those of party and campaign committees, the same anti corruption disclosure laws should apply. The watchdogs say that dark money groups clout the spirit of those laws. Well, amen to that. By casting their efforts as focused solely on issues and not elections. Anyway, it goes on and on and on and on. Gives North Carolina, for instance, and da 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 da. But the bottom line is the New York Times documents the deep state and their secret money against us all. You want to talk election tampering? Shall we?
8: My brother and two other boys were the ones that got in the car with her, and she was drunk. The road that goes to her house is like really windy, and she was taking that road at 80 to 100 miles per hour and then hit into the road there. Her door flung open. She ran out across the street to get away from it, and the other three boys were trapped in it, and the car exploded. And then when my mom found out about it, she called me at work. I don't care what you have to do. Just get up here to the hospital. I parked my car, and I went inside. They took us back to this little room. My mom told me that Jake had been killed. I I lost it. The other people, they're like, well, you can drink, but just be careful when you drink, you know? So I don't want anything to do with it because it took my brother away from me.
4: A public service message from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
2: I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not-yet-born, for looking the other way, and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest, I will not equivocate, and I will not excuse, I will not retreat an inch, and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
5: Paul with your weekly update from Monday January 31st we all remember where we were when the Berlin Wall came down while it may have seemed that communist rule would go on forever when the people decided that they had enough suddenly the wall fell just like that thus it is after two years of COVID authoritarianism that in Canada the largest truck convoy in history has smashed through the Berlin Wall of tyranny. I have watched as the Canada, I once respected as a haven for anti-war Americans in the 1960s, turned into one of the most repressive countries in the world. I wondered how a freedom-loving people could allow themselves to be abused by these many Stalins without a peep. But then Canada stood up and showed the rest of the world that freedom can triumph, over tyranny if the people demand it. As I often said, no army can stop an idea whose time has come. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has been basking in his ability to terrorize the population in the name of fighting a virus. He was so confident in his seemingly unlimited power that he felt he could ridicule any Canadian with different views. The Prime Minister said in a recent interview that unvaccinated Canadians were extremists, misogynists, and racist. When the Canadian trucker stood up to his tyranny and began the historic convoy to Ottawa, he thought he could continue ridiculing people. The truckers and their supporters were just a small fringe minority who hold unacceptable views, he confidently claimed. For Trudeau, love of liberty is just an unacceptable view. Less than a week later, as tens of thousands of trucks began entering the capital with millions of supporters behind them, the brave Canadian prime minister had fled the city and shuffled off to an undeclosed location. As Elon Musk tweeted, it would appear that the so-called fringe minority is actually the government. The Canadian mainstream media is obviously just as obedient to the regime as ours. They ignored the Freedom Convoy for as long as possible. There was almost no reporting. Then, when it became impossible to ignore, they began to attack and ridicule instead of trying to report it accurately. It was disgusting and almost comical to see a reporter from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation suggest that the Canadian Freedom Convoy was cooked up by Putin and the Russians. Thousands of trucks have arrived in Ottawa that demand an end to the COVID tyranny. They are backed by millions of citizens who brave the Canadian winter at night to cheer the truckers on. This protest is so important because it's not limited to Canada. The truckers are being supported worldwide and a similar convoy is being planned from California to Washington. In a new s where grocery store shelves, are increasingly bare, the truckers have more leverage than the powers that be would ever want to admit. Thanks for listening. To repeat the announcement... Hello, this is Ron Paul with your weekly update from Monday, January 31st. We all remember where we were when the Berlin Wall came down. While it may have seemed that communist rule would go on forever, when the people decided that they had enough, suddenly the wall fell,
8: just like
5: that. Thus, it is after two years of COVID authoritarianism that in Canada, the largest truck convoy in history has smashed through the Berlin Wall of tyranny. I have watched as Canada I once respected as a haven for anti-war Americans in the 1960s turned into one of the most repressive countries in the world. I wondered how a freedom-loving people could allow themselves to be abused by these many Stalins without a peep. But then Canada stood up and showed the rest of the world that freedom can triumph over tyranny if the people demand it. As I often said...
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. The Ron Paul Report is vital and uh, really helpful on a weekly basis about what's going on. But we talked about dark money, uh, denouncing dark money, then deploying it in 2020. That's really how they took over the elections, ladies and gentlemen. The sad part is you can talk about scandal all you want, and you can talk about uh, problems all you want. But America loves a scandal. America loves to be lied to. America loves sexual perversion. America loves dishonesty. You say, no, we don't, Sam. Then let me ask you a question. Why, if you're Kim Kardashian, can you create a sex tape and literally use that to be launched to fame? Now you're one of the richest people in America. And Sam Bushman tries to tell the tale of God, family, and country and is lucky to raise a couple of pennies to scrub together. Okay? Because we love this stuff. Our society loves this stuff. It's sad. Now, I know you listeners that listen to me don't think that way, and I know you don't love a scandal. But our society certainly does. Right? They love it. They love scandal. All right? I hate to be negative, but that's where you're at. That's where we are. Let me give you an example. Whoopi Goldberg gets fired from the view despite a second on-air apology. Now, listen to this. This is the cancel culture that we just love. So Whoopi created this big old scandal, right? She said on Monday that the Holocaust was not about race. Yeah. They say, well, Whoopi has apologized. I've fired her. I've asked her to take time and learn about the impact of her comments. Okay, but here's the deal. Here's my question to all of you. Listen carefully. <laughs> does Whoopi Goldberg? I'm sorry. Does Whoopi Goldberg have the right to say that the Holocaust was not about race? They say that she's fired because of her hurtful comments. Now. <clears throat> This is not what I would say. Don't misunderstand me. I think it's a a, a bad thing to say. Right? I don't think it's a, a good thing for her to say. I'm not defending that I think it's great that she said it. But you literally have everybody and what they can say and what they can't say. So I get the networks right to fire her if they want to, right? But I think it's personally wrong that she got fired. They say, what, Sam? You're defending Whoopi Goldberg? Yes, I am. Not because I agree with what she said at all. In fact, I disagree with it, Uh, um, but I I half agree with it. Right? What is a race? Is a Jew a race? Is it a religion? Well, it's both, Sam, there now. Well, could she demonstrate that Whoopi really comes from Judah of the 12 tribes of Israel? How do we know that? Well, Sam, she's a Jew by religion. Okay, well, then is it about race? Was it about race back in the Holocaust days, or was it about religion? Or let me ask another question. Was it just about pure hatred? Right? what was it you got to ask that question right and so she made a second and on air apology and that's where I believe her mistakes begin why give an apology Whoopi? you said it you believe it why do you apologize for it well because of the hurtful comments there is it hurtful comments to express an opinion that it's not about race Right? Here's the question. Does she have a right to think it and say it? Now, CNN's Don Lemon commented Tuesday on Whoopi's being suspended from ABC The View for her comments on the Holocaust. He said, I thought what Whoopi said was clumsy. Don Lemon said, okay, fine. But I agree it was clumsy. He thought it was clumsy. Okay. Do I think she's anti-Semitic? He goes on. No, I don't think so. As long as we can learn from that, as long as the apology's sincere, I think we should allow people to move on and not so-called cancel them. But uh, you know what? Does she have the right to say it's all about race? See, her mistake was to apologize. She said it's not all about race. Right? Wow. Okay. Well, I am going to defend Whoopi. And I'm going to tell you why. If she really believes this, she has every right to say it if she thinks it. Can we attack her for being clumsy? Absolutely. Can we say it was a foolhardy thing to say and it wasn't wise, it wasn't kind, it wasn't respectful, it was hurtful? You can say anything you want, too. And if you're on the network and you want to suspend her or fire her or whatever, go ahead. But I'm going to defend Whoopi's right to say this if that's what she really believes. And it's debatable on if she's right. Was it about race? Or was it about, quote, ethnicity? Ethnicity? Or was it about religion? Or was it just about pure hate? Or do we dare discuss this? Was was it about perfection? White supremacy? Or was it about, what was it about? See, back in the time when the Jews got abused and killed and murdered and everything during the Holocaust, they were killing disabled people like blind people like me too. So am I allowed to speak out on this one? See, anybody who had a flaw in their view was attacked. It was pure hatred. I don't know that it was as much racially driven as religiously driven or as um looking for the perfect, quote, human race as they believed it to be? I don't know what it was. It was evil. We can all agree there. But can Whoopi express her opinion or not? And her apology is her biggest mistake. I wouldn't apologize. I'd say I have every right to my opinion, you clowns. What do you think this is? But she doesn't have the guts to stand up, and I defend her right to say what she wants to say, even if I disagree with what she says. And I say to you that it's abusive, for sure. But why don't you look into the eugenics movement and realize that the United States was in bed with Hitler on all that too. And the eugenics movement of dumbing down the rest of us and creating a a live forever human race for the elite. That's what this is really about, is it not? Where does white supremacy begin and eugenics merge in? May I ask you, my fellow citizens? I'm willing to take this on. I'm not defending what she said at all. But I am defending her right to say it. Does anybody else have those kind of guts? I think not. God save the republic.